well, why don't we just start this little networking group? You know, it can live mostly virtually. We can do it via Facebook groups and, you know, Instagram and, and DMs and stuff. And I went to a dinner probably about 10 years ago that was called Chefs Without Restaurants. And it was a bunch of really well-known chefs who were in between gigs. Welcome back to Four Entrepreneurs by Entrepreneurs, episode 35. Joining us this week is a good friend of mine and serial entrepreneur himself, Chris Spear. He had a concept, an idea about, I don't know, four years ago, and he'll give you his backstory of getting out of the day-to-day grind of the restaurant business, opening a, a company and organization called Perfect Little Bites, where he will come to your house and serve you and your wife or husband or significant other a meal or a small party meal um, at your at your location. So he brings in everything, preps everything, uh, gives you a list. And I know this because I've had friends that use them. He's actually come to my house and given me a sample course of, of, of one of his uh, entrees. And then also Chris has uh, evolved into a podcast host himself and building his own community, own group, Chefs Without Restaurants, which I think we're going to probably talk a little bit more about that today than Perfect Little Bites, although we do need the Perfect Little Bites background to uh, to preface uh, Chefs Without Restaurants. So Chris, it's a long intro. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining us today. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me back on the show again. Uh, you're, you're doing awesome, man. You're doing awesome things. I'm proud of you. So give us your backstory, Chris. Yeah. So um, I grew up in uh, Massachusetts, a little outside of Boston, and um, I'm a big person who's always been into food. You know, if we're going to talk backstory as it relates to culinary, I was a little fat kid who loved eating, um, hanging out with his mom, cooking in the kitchen. And it's something I always wanted to do. Uh, I started working in a kitchen at 16. It was fast food, nothing really fancy, but it gave me a glimpse into the industry. Went to culinary school, got a four-year bachelor's in culinary arts, and then have spent the better part of the past uh, 20 years traveling the country. I met my wife when I was in college and um, we ended up moving to Seattle outside Philadelphia and then settled in Frederick, Maryland in 2007. Uh, but I've never worked a day that wasn't in the food industry in some aspect. Um, it's always been kitchen life for me. And I've always, you know, kind of had that desire to have my own thing, but I never necessarily wanted it to be a restaurant. The restaurant industry is tough for so many reasons. And I just kind of wanted to blaze my own trail. So in 2010-ish, I started thinking about how I could kind of bring this in-home restaurant experience to you that was kind of like micro catering. Uh, I call it personal chefing, but at the time, nobody was even really doing it like that. A personal chef, for the most part, was someone who made a week's worth of meals uh, in your kitchen and left them for you to reheat at your, your convenience. And I thought, well, why can't I just go and uh, cook a dinner for you in your home and give it to you like you're sitting in a restaurant. So I started that back then on the side. And in 2016, I left the job that I'd been at for 10 years to pursue it full time. And I think it's been going pretty well since then. Awesome. And then you evolved and kind of grew the business over, over a few year period and decided that, you know, there were others in this niche that you're kind of blazing in Frederick. You know, I know like you're probably the first one so Frederick, for our listeners, viewers that, that don't know, we're between Baltimore, D.C., Northern Virginia. So a, a very affluent, you know, triangle, rectangle 
Um, and I think you, uh, you tell me if I'm wrong here, you were probably one of the only ones, first ones doing this in-home restaurant experience. Is that correct? Yes. And even today, I still need to explain what it is to people because people, people don't look for it online. It's really hard when you think about how you market SEO things, you know, a caterer, people think of as like for a wedding and a big event or a personal chef on this weekly meal thing, but nobody's searching for an in-home restaurant experience. Um, they maybe think about like celebrities having this private chef who cook for them all the time. But just this idea that you and your wife are totally normal people and you could just give me a call and I'll come over and cook a dinner in your home and serve it to you. You know, I've set your table and present it like you're in a restaurant. That's still even kind of an, an evolving thing. And just trying to let people know, yes, this is a thing. There's actually a decent amount of people who do it. But I was one of the first ones in the Frederick area doing it for sure. So explain to how, us how that evolved into your Chefs Without Restaurants, one podcast and two community. Yeah. So it started as this very tiny thing. And I always thought it was going to be a tiny thing. I didn't really have a vision for it. What I was noticing were a couple things. I did have some friends who were doing it. Uh, we started kind of gig sharing, you know, because neither one of us had um, a big business. If I was already booked on Friday and a customer would call me wanting me to cook for them, I thought, well, I can't do it. Maybe I can just send them off to my friend. Uh, so I would do that. And then people would also ask me, how do you start a personal chef business? And I kind of got tired of like telling the same story over and over again, you know, one by one doing lots of coffees and stuff. And I thought, well, why don't we just start this little networking group? You know, it can live mostly virtually. We can do it via Facebook groups and, you know, Instagram and, and DMs and stuff. And I went to a dinner probably about 10 years ago that was called Chefs Without Restaurants. And it was a bunch of really well-known chefs who were in between gigs and they just wanted to cook together. And I always loved the name. And I thought, well, that's also cool because like maybe a bunch of us could get together and, and do a collaborative dinner and just kind of lean on each other for support. So I just went on Facebook, on my personal Facebook and said, I'm launching this thing called Chefs Without Restaurants. And here's the idea. It's going to be for anyone not working in a, a kitchen, caterers, food truck operators, personal chefs. Um, but I'm friends with uh, someone who's a food writer at the DC City Paper. And that afternoon, she said to me, this sounds like a thing. Could, could I write about this in like this week's City Paper? Can we talk on the phone uh, this afternoon? And I did. And she put an article out there like two days after my soft launch. And we had like 300 people inquire about it and come to the Facebook page and join. And it got out of control really quickly. Like I had a website that said under construction. I didn't even know what it was. It was right. just, idea, just the idea was that it was going to be like gig sharing and sharing uh, resources. But what it grew into is, you know, kind of like a crowdsourcing platform where we could keep everything for free. You know, there's so many groups out there making money off of us. Like, you know, you got to join the Chamber of Commerce and that's a couple hundred bucks. You can join a, a BNI group. You can join the American Culinary Federation, the Personal Chefs Association. That all costs money. You have platforms like Thumbtack who want to take a, a chunk of your money to get gigs for you. And it's like, well, if you have enough members on the platform, it can all be free. We can share gigs totally for free and not charge any kind of uh, referral fee. Uh, if anyone wants to learn how to do this and that, there's got to be someone in our group who knows how to do it. And they can just share that information in a Facebook group or a Reddit post or something. Like how do we put the money backs in the hands um, and pockets of the entrepreneurs? So that was kind of the basis is kind of like by chefs for chefs. We're not trying to make money off of anyone and let's just help everyone build and grow their businesses at no cost to them. I love it. 
So Chris, you're an entrepreneur in every sense of the word. You've, you've niched into the restaurant, well, food, food uh, genre. Um, the premise of the podcast for Entrepreneurs by Entrepreneurs is I believe that any entrepreneur that is somewhat successful does one, like really one, maybe two things really, really well. I call it their entrepreneurial superpower. So for you, what would you classify as your entrepreneurial superpower? So I think is uh, community and the power of networks is kind of what I've really seen. It's helped me both uh, grow the personal chef business, Perfect Little Bites, because now having built this network, I'm getting lots of referrals from other people. I'm getting you know so much more business because of that, but also the relationships I've built with other businesses within our industry, like Airbnb owners, you know, part of my business is based on getting jobs when people rent an Airbnb and are looking for chefs. So it's reaching out to them. And I really think I came into my own in the past couple of years, as far as building networks and kind of working around a community, which is bizarre because I identify as an introvert, someone who I hated uh, having to send an email to someone I didn't know, like to send a, a DM to an Airbnb owner I don't know and kind of give them my pitch about what I do and how maybe we could work together was terrifying. And now having a podcast where I reach out to people who I'm really excited to have on the show, they might be a celebrity chef and just kind of say, hey, I've got this thing. Do you want to come on my show? That was so not something I was comfortable with. And now I feel like I'm, I actually really enjoy it. Like the podcast is my favorite thing that I'm doing, but that's not something I ever thought I was going to get into. I think you and I are very similar, uh, that we're both actually introverts. You know, we're both big fans of Gary Vee, who's one of the most extroverted uh, people, individuals that that we know or, we, you know, that we listen to. Um, you know, I'm even so introverted that I don't even go out and get my own guest. Uh, I have somebody that does that for me because I hate reaching out to people. You know, you would hit me because we're friends and, and you were on my prior podcast, Frederick Advice Givers. You're like, hey, man, I like your new podcast. Like, you want to come join me? Um, so yeah, I mean, we're both introverted and we're both growing communities. You know, you're doing yours in the restaurant space. I'm doing mine in the entrepreneurial space. Um, and we both basically are traveling parallel paths where we want to help others in our industry, uh, connect with people that entrepreneurs that actually know what they're doing and have, have taken that path. So back to taking your entrepreneurial leap. Okay. Was it, you know, was there a pivotal moment like you were in the back of the kitchen, like, man, I just can't, can't stand to be back here anymore. Uh, obviously, it was a progression to go from uh, a secure job to going out on your own. But was it, you know, what was the transition? Or was there a pivotal moment like, man, I just can't take this anymore? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was over a number of years, you know, I've talked on my podcast about how I grew up, my dad was always like, you know, if you put your head down and work hard, you're going to get what you deserve. And that's just not the world that I think we live in. And again, being kind of introverted, you know, I was working a job, uh, I had been offered a promotion, you know, I, I took my bosses at their word, I took the job handshake, you know, the money never came, the, the things that were supposed to come with it never came. And it was like, you know, you kind of sucked it up and kept working harder. And then you go and say, Hey, am I going to get that raise? I was promised. Oh, it's not in the budget. And this went on for so many, so many months. And then it turned into years and, you know, end of the road. It's kind of like, it's been six years. I got this promotion. I never got the, the money that was supposed to come with it. And I never got the other things that were supposed to come with it. And that was just kind of burning inside of me while, so that's, so that kind of started me with the side hustle. Like that was my long exit strategy. And then kids, you know, that was a big thing. I started this before I had kids. So 
Uh, then you have the kids coming to play. My wife leaves her job to take care of them. It's like, well, financially, I can't do this. But I just started kind of building it more and more on the side. But there was definitely a day at work where I just had had enough um, having some trouble with some people at work and just something happened. And I went into my boss and I had already, I had actually typed out my um, notice and I just went and changed the dates. And I went in and I put it down and said, this is it. Like I'm going, I didn't even tell my wife that day. I didn't even text her because she knew that I wanted to go. Um, so I just went in and said, you know, I'm starting my own business and, you know, thanks for everything. I've been here for 10 years, but it's time for me to move on and do my own thing. So you're, and that's, you know, you've got to take that leap and, you know, probably if, if you weren't triggered, you could have gone on for another two or three years. Yeah. I've said that to people, you know, sometimes things are just bad enough that you're complacent, but not bad enough for you to leave. And that's like a dangerous place to be in. Like you don't have that one thing that really kicks you out. You're like, uh, you know, like I never got that raise I was supposed to, but I'm making decent money and you know, the hours are good and the benefits are good. It's like, okay. And it's just okay enough to keep you there. But sometimes you really need that thing that like pushes you out the door. And that's why I'm a big believer in being positive and like, you know, if you want to say everything happens for a reason, you know, it's like COVID is horrible, right? But I think a lot of good things are going to come out of this. And that's really hard to say when you're creeping up on a million deaths and all this terrible stuff. But I do think a lot of positives in the world are going to come out of this. It's just really hard to see it now. It's like, I've, I've been in a job that I was fired. Like nobody ever says at the time, oh, I'm so glad I was fired. But again, like it, kicked me onto this new path where then I got a much better job that I never would have had had I not been, you know, forced out of where I was. So the same way, I think you can work at a job for 40 years. My dad worked at the same job for 40 years and I think he hated it for like the last 35 of those years, but he just kept on because I don't think he knew what else to do. And, and you know, that's, that's that generation too, though. And, you know, you're, you know, we have people that we look up to, uh, influencers that, you know, we, we kind of admire and they have taken those leaps and that kind of pushes us. You know, our parents di didn't really have, you know, podcasts to listen to or social media to follow somebody. And back to your point of um, something good coming out of COVID and the shutdown, the lockdown, I totally, you know, I think that's the entrepreneur and us looking at that because my business model has, has changed and we've evolved, you know, uh, schools are virtual now for as much as I hate that. You know, the kids, in my opinion, need uh, social interaction and need the, the teachers, you know, need to be there teaching their students, not on a computer screen like you and I are. Um, but it does force technology to advance, you know, quickly. You know, what could have taken three years took three weeks. So back to when you found your superpower, your community builder, uh, power of networks, like what impact and transformation has this had on you either personally and or on your business? Well, one, I think it, for me, it's, it feels great to be able to help people. Like, that's what I feel like I didn't have. Like, I've always, I think having mentors is important. I think in the food industry, there's a lack of mentors. You know, I have come in kind of at the top at most of the places I worked. Like, you, uh, a chef left, so they hire you on as the executive chef. So you come in at the top and you don't have anyone to work under and learn from. Um, so I always was missing that in the kitchens I worked in. So then you go and start your own business. Like I didn't have a lot of mentors about how to start a personal chef business. So you can look at virtual mentors, whether it be, you know, 
learning everything you can from a Gary Vee or someone like that, but no one on the tactical level to say, this is how I started a personal chef business. This is how I market. And I spent seven years side hustling, figuring it out on my own. I wanted to be able to distill that out in a very short period of time to people who wanted to do it. So when someone came to me and says, hey, how do you build a personal chef business? Really quickly, I can say, this is what I did. First and foremost, do this, this, and this. This is what worked for me. And just kind of the feeling that you get that like, oh, wow, I'm a mentor to someone now. And I really just enjoy helping people build their businesses with nothing in return for it. So is your community built on Facebook? Where's your community built? That's a, a good chunk of it for sure. And I'm always looking at what works and what doesn't because, you know, a lot of people, it seems like every day someone else is saying, oh, I'm leaving Facebook. I'm done with Facebook. So if Facebook disappears. Where is that? So making sure that it lives within Instagram, whether it, it lives within the podcast, we have two websites, both chefswithoutrestaurants.com.org. So having it across multi-platforms, which is interesting because you have different engagement on each with different mm -hmm. people. You know, it's not the same people engaging across all the platforms. So I have a very strong following on Instagram and like half of those people don't even use Facebook. Um, so yeah, just trying to be everywhere uh, so that I can reach as many people as possible. So are you doing your podcast in person or is it via Zoom like we're doing today or how, how is it? So now it's via Zoom and this goes back to the whole positives or, or being forced to learn with COVID because it was always in person. When I started this and I had a co-host who's not with me anymore and I don't know if he's going to come back to be honest, but we started this together and we did it in person and we started in November and we went November to March 100% in person. So we were only getting people in the DMV. It was mostly Frederick. Some people were coming up from Baltimore and DC. We went to Baltimore one day to do it. And then COVID hit. He said, you know, I've got so much going on. I don't really think I can do this right now. Let's take a hiatus. And I said, well, I think I'm going to keep going. Like, I'm going to figure out how to do it online. The unlock there was that now the access to guests is amazing. Because, you know, when I look at the the best shows that I think I've had, they've all been since I've been doing virtual. And some of that's because I've been getting better at podcasting, but I was just afraid of the technology, like podcasters, are like do it in person, use this mic, use your H6 recorder, do this to get the best audio. It's not great online. Well, once you're forced to do it online, it's like, well, I'm just going to find a better way. So I put some soundproofing in my office, got a better microphone for home, got a better webcam and just figuring out on the back end of audio engineering, how to make it sound as good as possible. And now I don't think I'm going to go back to doing in person. I mean, I might because the vibe is a little different, but I'm really happy with the shows I've been doing via zoom. And that was just, you know, I was forced to adapt because nobody felt safe doing an in-person show. And that's, you know, with, with this new podcast that I'm doing for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs, I started right when you know, COVID COVID hit, I think we started at the end of February. Um, and with this format, you know, I've had New Zealand, Australia, Great Britain, California, I've had, I don't know, six different um, South America, um, Peru, you know, I've had, I've had people from entrepreneurs from all over the world. We're only, you know, you're episode 35 and I've probably had seven different countries and maybe we've only had two repeating states, um, which is really, really cool because that's what technology does, man. And, you know, we can, have a greater reach and impact just outside of our community. And that's what I'm seeing now is, you know, your chefs without restaurants, you're having people from all over, you know, all over and uh, your impact can, your footprint can be greater, right? Definitely. You know, I 
these were always people who I wanted to get on the show at some point anyway. And I had no idea how I was going to do it. You know, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll just road trip up to New England. And there's some guys who do it. There's a guy who has a fantastic uh, restaurant podcast and he travels all over the country, but he's been doing it for so long that he's been able to monetize it. And that's like his full-time job. So he can afford to take a road trip up to New England because he's got sponsorship deals and stuff like that. So this is just so much more convenient. I mean, anyone can log on. Like, what's your availability? 10 o'clock at night? Sure. We'll hop on Zoom from 10 to 11 and do it. Um, exactly. So so I think it's going to be a solo show by me going forward. And it's going to be almost all uh, done over Zoom. I love it. All right, Chris. So how would listeners, viewers, number one, let's talk about find your community, um, chefs without restaurants, because they might want a, a personal chef, in-home chef. And California and you might have contacts here. So let's do that first and then locally, perfect little bites. Absolutely. So chefs without restaurants everywhere. So you can find us at chefswithoutrestaurants.com and .org. .org is more of a landing page with links to most of our other social media things. Chefswithoutrestaurants.com has some of the info on different chefs. Uh, it has blog posts every week with links to the podcast and everything. And then you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at chefs without restaurants. Awesome. And then Perfect Little Bites? And Perfect Little Bites is the same. PerfectLittleBites.com is all the information on my personal chef business. And you can find a little bit about me and all social media. Again, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is Perfect Little Bites. I share recipes. Uh, if you ever have questions about cooking, hit me up. Awesome. Chris, thanks so much for joining us this week. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to come back and be on your new show. I love it. I love it. Episode 35 for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. That's Chris Spear with Chefs Without Restaurants. Check out his podcast. If you like food, if you like listening to um, entrepreneurs talk about the food business, definitely check Chris and his guest out. And then if you're locally here in the DMV area and you want to bring a, a restaurant experience in your house, you know, I can vouch uh, for Chris. Uh, anybody that I've ever referred over always has great things to say. I personally I love his style of his cooking. He'll let you get involved in picking out the menu uh, to a certain extent. So check Chris out either at perfectlittlebites.com or Chefs Without Restaurants. And that's episode 35. We are out.